guys, this is Craig Hostetler, and I want to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the podcast, man. Um, I really do deeply appreciate your presence, you spending your time here, and so thank you so much. Um, I'm glad that you're here. Also, if you don't follow the Black Sheep Experience on the social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I'd love for you to do that. It's always good to see you. Uh, it's always good to see your comments. It's always good to, to see your interaction. And so I would love for you to connect with the podcast. I'm not, I'm not extremely active, almost not at all on the Twitter platform. It just seems like it, there's so much to me, there, there's so much toxicity on that platform uh, that I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get involved in that, but I'm pretty active on Instagram and pretty active on Facebook. And so once again, if you would connect with the podcast uh, on one of those particular platforms, I'd, I'd love that. Also, uh, if you would share the podcast on your social media um, accounts as well, you know, with the people within your, your sphere of influence, uh, I would really appreciate that. That's how the audience of this podcast grows. Um, by word of mouth, you sharing this with the people that are, that are connected to you. So thank you so much um, in advance for helping the podcast in that way. It's been a pretty exciting couple of weeks for those of you that stay connected. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I did a Christian witches, um, I guess, podcast or episode with Kaisi, also known as uh, Reverend Valerie Love. So I, I did a, a, um, a session with her. And then this past Sunday, uh, the Christian witches has a, a, almost like a church service. And so I was on there for five or 10 minutes as well. Uh, as uh, Reverend Valerie Love's guest. And so thank you so much uh, for allowing me to be a part of that. And for those of you that didn't have the opportunity to um, to hear that, you can go and find those. I believe they're available on YouTube. If you're not familiar with uh, the uh, Christian Witches or Reverend Valerie Love, you should go and check them out um, there's a lot of great work being done there and I really love being a part of that. So, which that kind of brings me to what it is that I really want to talk to you about today. Uh, for those of you that have followed this podcast from its inception, you've probably seen this my own personal spiritual journey. I am a Christian. Um, my roots are, are, are deeply... Um, I guess uh, my foundation is deeply rooted right in, in that faith system. And that's probably never going to really change for me. Um, so my roots are there. My, my strength is there, but I've gone through a period or a, a place of expansion where I've allowed some things that have always really been a part of my own life um, I've allowed those to, to come to the surface and I've done some exploration with that. And I've also done some exploration with the philosophical views of other, I guess, um, I don't know that I would say faith systems, but 
um, at least the philosophical views associated with things such as the Hindu faith or Buddhism, um, some elements of paganism. Uh, yeah, so I, I have explored some of those and I've, I've allowed them to expand me just a bit. Now, for those of you that are strong evangelical or really fear-based, probably that sounds a bit intimidating and something that you're uncomfortable with. But what I've found is that we can retain our faith in Christ and still allow our mind and our heart to be expanded, to grow, uh, to be a little bit more diverse without really compromising our faith. Now, one of the things that's always been a, a, a really powerful practice for me is my deep connection with the energy of the earth. Um, that's been something that's always been a deep part of who I am from the time that I was a child. So I always deeply connected, not with just the wind, but the essence within the wind, if that makes sense. There, there always seemed to be something there a little deeper than just the wind itself. And that, that same could be said of, of water. It, that same could be said of the moon and the stars. Really, there just always seemed to be a deeper resonance, a, a, a deeper energy than just the element itself. Um, and so this was a part of my practice or a part of my life for as long as I've been me, right? As I became a Christian, there were certain aspects of that that I denied or that I suppressed, but they were always there. They were always resurfacing. They were always, um, I guess, just reappearing, you know, because they're deep parts of who I was. And so to, not, to deny them was more than just denying a, a philosophical system or, or belief or an idea, but it was to deny a, a really resident and, and um, energetic truth that was deep within me. And so as I begin to expand just a bit and I begin to read more things and I begin to explore, and this happened really almost five or six years ago uh, while I was still pastoring, um, I begin to understand that what I could label my, my experiences as if I wanted to, those would be the experience of a witch. Um, so many of the things that I was doing were actually witchcraft. Now, witchcraft's a loaded word because it covers so many different practices. And I really want you to understand that today, that the word witchcraft is not a very detailed word, and it's not one that um, carries one definition. Uh, it has a lot of definitions connected to it, and it is an umbrella for literally hundreds of different styles of practices, okay? So, um, for me, uh, I'll explain a little bit about what I mean by witch and witchcraft in just a few moments, but there were so many aspects of what I was doing that would be uh, the characteristics or the practices of a witch, 
And so I want to explain the idea and the stratus of the Christian witch because I think there is some confusion and this confusion oftentimes breeds, I think, prejudice or unfair judgments. So let's talk a little bit about the Christian witch. Now, uh, in addition to this, we'll also talk about a few of the witchy practices that a Christian witch may be involved with. Um, it won't be exhaustive because, as I mentioned before, everybody's practice is, is very different, but it will be a sample uh, anyway, right, of what, of what I think would be the practice or the lifestyle of what we might call a Christian witch. And uh, hang with me for a little bit on this and, and let me see if I can illuminate and uh, define this for those of you that are curious. So to begin with, the word witch in and of itself conjures up, I think, a great deal of imagery. Um, doesn't it really, if you, if you think of just that word, witch, it's a word that carries so many different aesthetics uh, to it. It can, it can feel playful. It can feel sinister or, or wicked. To others, it's a word of peace, of love, of nature, of power. And to some, I think it probably just conjures up the idea of um, of the devil or or demons or or dark entities. It just carries a lot of, I think, different emotions with it. And so I found honestly that in many ways the word witch is defined by us um, as others have defined it to us. So in other words, I think that for a lot of us, the definition that we hold of the word witch is probably one that was passed down to us by someone else. So for so many of us, we have a Hollywood misinformed, uh, misaligned idea of this person who is um, witch. And so there's, there's so many different uh, definitions and types of witches and witchcraft. And the word really is just an umbrella for so many different styles of practices. To put this in context, uh, think about the word Christian. And this is another word that is really a, a, an enormous umbrella for a lot, of different, a lot of different faith ideas, a lot of different... Um, practices, a lot of different belief systems, right? Um, there's roughly 30,000 Christian, think about that, 30,000 Christian denominations in the world today, 30,000 ways of varied practice um, in serving and following God. And you can probably name a ton of the um, more popular ideas like Pentecostal or Baptist or Seventh-day Adventist or Mormon or Methodist. Now, um, or, or how about the Amish, right? And there's just a few, what, half a dozen there that fall under the umbrella of the word Christian. But their practices, um, particularly in those that, that I just mentioned, are wildly different from one another. Uh, very, very different from one another. If you've been in any of those settings, say from Pentecostal compared to certainly the Amish, right? 
There's a world of difference. You'd scarcely call them the same faith, or even the difference of a Methodist uh, to some to the faith sect of of charismatic, right? Again, the practices are are really completely wildly different. Their ideas about God wildly different. Their interpretations of who God is and what God does and the way that He interacts and responds to humanity extremely different. But yet they all fall under the banner of Christian. And so this is how it is with the word which and the word and the practice of witchcraft. There's so many different styles, so many different practices. And so I want to encourage you to give some levity, some room, some grace for the word uh, witch and the word witchcraft. Don't be so judgmental because um, the practices and the ideas uh, that fall under the banner of those words, again, they are wildly different from one another and, and quite varied, right? Even within Christianity, you understand there are some really wicked, evil um, practices. I'm talking about things like snake handling, um, um, marrying underage children in some of the more uh, secluded sects uh, of that religion, or the Crusades, or uh, the Inquisition, right? Or burning witches in Salem and, and England. And so there's a lot of nasty, really in just about any Anything, any organization, right, where humans are involved, there's going to be good and there's going to be really, really wicked, regardless of the, of the word used to describe or define um, the practice, right? So back to the words uh, once again. So what is a word, right? It's nothing, really. The, the letters of the alphabet are, are nothing except uh, the respect and the definitions that we the humans created who created them uh, have given them, right? So words created by men from letters created by men are then given a man-made definition. And as we go through time, words uh, expand or they vary, or sometimes they uh, have completely new definitions. So... Um, the word really isn't the same. Uh, well, the definition of the word really isn't the same, right? So, so the word is the same, but the definition through time typically changes. And so as the word gains a new definition or as the definition of a word expands, we kind of have to update our understanding of that word, right? And so that's really the case with the word which. Uh, to track it to its origin is um, is tough because we find it in Germanic culture. Um, the root word is is wick, which means to bend, uh, to shape. So the word witch in this context was one who bends or shapes the world around her or him, right? Um, uh, using magic, theoretically. In other cultures, the word uh, witch means wise one. Um, 
in others, essentially an herbalist, like a medicine woman, perhaps. In the Old English, it was one who was believed to work with magic, and that word was Wicca. Now, originally, there were two different renditions of the word Wicca, uh, one for male and one for female witches, but they eventually all became one word, and that was Wicca. And for years, um, uh, these people that carried that title, which existed in tandem with their communities. They were, they were friends, uh, they were neighbors, relatives, connected with the community. And the word witch did not carry with it any kind of an evil connotation whatsoever, right? Um, however, the world began to change and to take on new meaning um, in the 14, 15, 1600s, right? Um, thanks to people like King James and, and many others, right? Women and witches became like the target of fear, hatred, persecution. Women, most often, right? Under extreme torture, brutal, um, genitals being burned, um, parts of their flesh being cut off, uh, horrific, horrific things done by Christians um, under these extreme uh, torture practices, they would admit to a variety of horrible things like making pacts with the devil, uh, having sex with the devil, hexing the king, uh, causing... Um, stillborn uh, births, uh, you know, and um, that's when the word witch really began to make a serious change towards a dark place. Um, and King James in particular was one who was very afraid of um, witches, um, uh, that they were cohorts, right, with Satan, and that they were particularly out to get him. And he was kind of a, he had a lot of issues, right? But that's when the word really began to retain or, or to gain this flawed definition. And it's a horrible, hor uh, horrible error caused by some really horrible people. So um, I think that definition, of course, was carried through the Christian faith Um from that point all the way really until today. It still carries with it that that old, centuries-old idea that witches had um, packs with the devil, sex with the devil, um, worked with uh, demons, right? All this kind of stuff. Um, I think that definition still is very much alive because it was passed down through a flawed idea that never really was corrected. Okay. So what is a witch then? Uh, is there any truth to the fact that they're in partnership with the devil? Well, well, not really. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, witchcraft is in and of itself is actually neutral, right? It, it isn't spiritual. Um, 
Now, that, that, that does not mean that it cannot hold spiritual meaning, but in and of itself, no. It is not spiritual. Honestly, there isn't a single definition to the word witchcraft alone, but um, Pam Grossman of Which Way Podcast in the New York Times said, which is one of the words I now use to describe myself, but its meaning really varies depending on its context. So let's give the actual word a little bit of rest even though I think in and of itself there's a lot of energy to the word itself, um, to me the, the word witch is, a, is an approach to life, to, to nature, to energy. It's almost an aesthetic, um, but it's a commitment to work with the God-given energies in me, uh, in the world, in the universe for that matter. We, you and I, well, every, everyone really, for that matter, see, we're always actually doing magic. And I'll detail that for you in just a moment. Um, but we're all doing magic all the time. And a witch is merely one who is cognizant of that and directs his or her magical workings with intention. And so this would mean her speech, her thought, um, uh, karmic order, right? And so the life of a witch is one with a lot of intention attached. The Gaia channel, um, which if you don't subscribe to it, I highly encourage that. There's a lot of great stuff on there, but the Gaia channel defined it in this way. Uh, witchcraft is simply about using the power of the universe and of the mind to attract wants and desires. It's about being in tune with Earth's natural resources, right? And so Damien Eccles, who is a, a great magician um, himself, said, first of all, you're already doing magic. With every thought, word, and deed, you are influencing the world. You are influencing the world around you and determining what comes your way. You're already doing magic. You just don't know it. And this is from Damien Eccles, his book titled High Magic. Um, he also goes on to say in that same book, Bob Proctor is an expert on the law of attraction. Um, and he says, thoughts become things. If you see it in your mind, you will hold it in your hand. If you want a simple way to start doing magic, just change the focus of your thoughts and see what happens. Again, this is from Damien Nichols' book, High Magic. And so um, what Mr. Eccles is saying here is that every single one of us, we're already doing magic. We're already involved in the practice of magic. We just don't know it yet. Because what magic is, is it's merely energy. And how is energy, um, how is it directed? How is it um, manipulated? Right? How is energy coded and how does it come off of us? Well, it comes off of us by the words that we say. It comes off of us by the thoughts that we think, Right? Like the Bible says, um, whatsoever man thinketh, so is he, right? Um, it, it, it comes, 
it's it's directed spells are cast right by the things that we do by the way that we treat people the bible goes on to say whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap right and so there is um a god-given law that the energy we put out is what we're going to get back right that's what we're what we sow into this into this the etheric realm we might call it or or into the realm of energy what we sow into that is is what we're going to get back that's what's going to come back to us and that is casting a spell now everyday people don't call it that and the reason that you probably don't probably don't call it that is because you're not being intentional about it you're just um really being haphazard in in a lot of ways. Now, some of you are probably being in, intentional about it. You don't call it witchcraft, but uh, that is kind of what it is. In fact, um, there's a, a very popular, uh, he's, he's uh, passed away now, but there was a great uh, Wicca, a Wiccan writer, uh, witch practitioner by the name of Scott Cunningham. He's got a lot of really great books and they're very, very popular, bestsellers uh, within their own right. And from his um, book called Earth Power, I'm going to give you a quote from Scott Cunningham. And it's one of my favorites regarding magic and magical uh, practices, right? And so what Scott Cunningham says is, despite what you may have heard, magic is nothing supernatural unnatural or even alien it is in our own backyards our homes in the very essence of our beings the forces of nature empower magic not demons not imps satan or fallen angels magic is the use of the natural forces of nature to bring about needed changes and that's Scott Cunningham from Earth Power. So magic is a word that some people give um, to the universal power that is energy. The sun, the moon, the stars, right? All all magic. Uh, The air, the fire, the water, the earth, all magic. The plants, the trees, the creeks, the oceans, all brimming, right, with magic. Uh, me, you, and, um, and all the animals on this planet. Um, that's magic. It is in us. It surrounds us. We, we breathe it in. We exhale it out. Um, and we are all too often really unaware of the energetic spark or, or flame or fire or, or power that we're breathing in and out daily. The spells that we're casting daily by the words that we say or the thoughts that we think, the actions, right? I would go so far as to say that um, when you mistreat someone, that in its own right is casting a spell, Now, the difference with witchcraft, when a witch casts a spell, it's intentional. She or he is moving energy in an intentional direction 
to create a reverberation within the universe, right? An energy within the, the, the realm of energy. Uh, to produce a specific result. Uh, Diane Smith from her book, uh, Wicca and Witchcraft for Dummies, which I, I love the, that's a great book. I love all those for dummies uh, books. If you, uh, if you want to know, if you want to get a good grip on a particular subject, those, those guys do a great job um, within those books. Anyway, um, from that book, Wicca and Witchcraft for Dummies, uh, Diane Smith writes this. Some people dismiss magic with amusement, snide cynicism, or outright ridicule. Others accept the possibility of magic, but discuss it in lofty and obscure terms. The truth is that magic is a natural force. And pagans throughout history have recognized it as such. Magic follows the law of modern physics. It is a tool like mathematics. I also love that quote quite a lot. Um, and the reason why I love it is because I agree with everything that Diane Smith has to say in about that right there, right? Um, a lot of people dismiss it, dismiss magic as something silly, as something ridiculous or, or fairy tale, right? Or they dismiss it as demonic, um, satanic, whatever, or, uh, you also will oftentimes find within the realm of practitioners, these obscure, um, really lofty terms, um, that are, that are really confusing and, and ridiculous. And, uh, so I, I like what she says there about it, it just being simple. It, it just is. And, um, it's a tool, no different than, as she says, mathematics. So let me make a personal distinction here. Um, and it's a belief that is supported by the science of quantum, um, quantum physics, right? Going back to the guide channel that I mentioned earlier, actually, if you want to learn a lot about this in a entertaining way, um, on the Gaia channel, um, Greg Braden has a um, really great program that um, that I think is just brilliant. And uh, boy, I wish I could remember the name of it right now. I'll I'll put it in the podcast notes. Um, but it's it is a brilliant program. It's Gregory Braden. He's the he's the host, and it's fantastic. But it's all about quantum physics and the science behind it. And um, uh, so this is a science. Uh, magic is a definition that witches and magicians would use. Quantum physics is the exact same thing, but used by you know science. But it's it's really been proven, and he details much of this. Um, within that program, uh, on, on the Gaia channel. And as soon as I remember, it'll pop back in my head, man, you know, and just, don't you hate that when you're trying to tell somebody something and, um, your brain just, 
I don't know what it is, man. It just is not going to cooperate. That's what we're having right now. But it'll pop up and I'll, I'll interject it, right? So, um, but what the program details and what the science details, also, um, not to be like so all over the place here, there's a couple of really great books on this as well. Uh, Gregory Braden's book um, is, a, is a great one, and it's called The Divine Matrix. That's a great book on this subject. Dean Radden has a book also on the same subject. It's called Real Magic. And within those books, they give you the practices for, um, for directing energy. And um, in Gregory Braden's book, he, he calls it direct, you know, directing energy. Um, in real magic, uh, he calls it magic. But they also they give you the practices within that. They also give you the science behind it, a real lab tested science. And both of those books are really, really great. And I have both of them. Uh, I, I can't recommend them enough. But nonetheless, um, it's all about energy. Everything is energy vibrating at different tempos, creating matter, but it's all connected, right? All matter is vibrating energy. Um, the human mind, our thoughts, our words are all connected to this energy. We are the energy, right? We are the energy. The, the energy is within us. The energy um, uh, emanates from us. It comes forth from us in words, in, in deeds, in thoughts, impressions. And so everything is this vibrating energy. And, and I would go so far as to say it all has the same source, right? In the beginning, God said, let there be, right? And so there was one word that contained one powerful energy. And that energy from the word of God became different emanations of the same energy. It's all the same. The emanating word of God. The emanating word of God is the energy of a tree, the energy of the grass, the energy of the air, the energy of the stars, of the moon. It's all one, all comes from the same source. It's the same emanation. God created them male and female. Same uh, energy was used, right? The Word of God. So it's all the same energy. It's all connected. Um, and we never consider our thoughts as, as being creative. We never consider our Word as, as being creative. Um, But our thoughts are actually coding, and, and I believe programming, the energy web that we call the universe. Because it's all connected, right? Now, when a person creates intentions, um, visual, visualizations, um, phrases, statements, they are creating patterns of energy. 
literally, as I said, coding the universe in small, minute ways, but they're still directing energy that will create conditions or realities in the physical world. This is why our negative self-debasing conversations about ourself, um, those are, uh, and I, and I want to use witchy words to, um, to normalize the language for you. I want to use witchy phrases to normalize the language for you so you understand. I, I, I want to try and demystify this just a bit, okay? So when you utter these negative statements, um, I'm too dumb to do that, or I'm never going to figure, oh, I'm never going to be rich, or I'm never going to this, or I'm never going to lose this weight, or I'm never going to get that raise, or, you know, you're really casting spells, with each one of those statements, with each one of those negative thoughts. Remember, the Bible says to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. And there's a reason for that because thoughts are powerful. Thoughts are seeds that manifest later in our lives. There might be a lot of different language for that um, from each faith system, from each philosophical system, from each practice, whether it be, um, uh, uh, you know, in the charismatic circles or, or Pentecostal circles or pagan circles or Hindu or, or whatever, um, New Age, right? They all have different language for that, but it's the same thing. You're casting spells each time you say something negative about yourself or about another person. You're casting a spell when you sit and brood um, angrily over something that was done to you or said to you. You cast a spell when you create yourself a victim. You're literally putting that energy, and that's all that a spell is, right? Don't be fooled into thinking that it's the conjuring of a demon or a devil. That's not casting a spell. Um, that, that's a different thing entirely. Casting a spell is directing energy. Now, I would submit to you that it's done in an intentional way. That's what truly casting a spell is. But it's very much the same thing with each one of us. Um, we're just doing it without the knowledge of it. But again, this is peer-reviewed science, not just some silly uh, New Age, uh, you know, metaphysical, witchy, person that has no idea what they're talking about. This is real science. And you can find this in the, in the, um, in the, uh, references that I gave you, um, real magic by Dean Radden and, uh, the divine matrix by Gregory Braden. You can find the science that backs all of this up, right? That magic is the definition uh, is the word I'm using to define it. Magic is real. Quantum physics is real, and you can see that in those reference manuals. Therefore, uh, uh, with conscious effort, it is um, surmisable to believe that we can create with our minds these patterns of energy in an intentional way. And this is what I call magic. It has other names, more scientific names, but this is the, the word that I give to this definition, right? This is the definition I give to the word magic. Now, the witch does these thought processes 
uh, I think in a more elaborate and artistic way. And there's reasons for that, but that's out of the realm of, of this conversation. We'll, you know, we'll talk about that at some point. Um, but l- let's continue with this thought process first. Um, modern science reveals that matter and energy are not separate. In quantum physics, particles of matter and waves of energy are actually the same. Scientists have found out that merely looking at particles, waves, changes their behavior. Observing them, recognizing them, causes them to change. This is real lab-tested truth. That's a a quote from Gregory Braden. Um, And the bottom line is, is that scientists changed reality just by observing it. So believing that a person can use mental power to direct energy, that this isn't something that's far-fetched. Um, this is science. Um, now let me caution, because as I mentioned before, the term magic um, is, is a vast umbrella of practices. And under the banner of that word, and of the word witchcraft as well, there are some forms um, of those practices that would be offensive to the Christian faith. So for me, personally, as a Christian witch, um, any work with entities is out for me. Again, personally, spirit work is not magic. It doesn't fit the the magic definition that I follow. Remember, um, best-selling author um, Scott Cunningham defined magic like this, despite what you may have heard, magic, uh, apologize for repeating the, the quote, but I, I want to, um, I want to base my definition off of somebody who has higher credentials than me, right? So um, again, the quote that I, that I gave you earlier from Scott Cunningham um, and his book, Earth Power, despite what you may have heard, magic is nothing supernatural, unnatural, or even alien. It is in uh, our own backyards, our homes, in the very essence of our beings. The forces of nature empower magic. Uh, not demons and imps, Satan or fallen angels. Magic is the use of the natural forces of nature to bring about needed change. So conjuring, necromancy, demonology, or anything of that, of that genre, right? Working with spirits, the dead, servitors, demons, ghosts. Um, those are not magic as defined um, as defined above, right? In, in the quote. Uh, for me, that's, that's spirit work, right? And, and I do spirit work, but my spirit work is limited to God, right? As a Trinity. That would mean Father, Jesus Christ, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I say that I'm also open to the conversation and the aid of uh, of angels, um, 
I, I welcome that work in my life, that wisdom and that interaction of angels in my life. And I think that there's a ton of holy text, uh, aka the Bible, that has um, a lot of examples of where that was common, angels interacting with humanity. It was accepted and very much um, welcomed among God's people. We find strong and prevalent interaction with angels and man heavily in the Old and New Testament, right? So I'm, I'm open to interacting with angels, right? Um, just to alleviate confusion, I would not confuse that with the Nokian magic, um, which is believed to be angel magic. I see those very different. Some, many, I think most within magical workings would probably disagree with me, um, but I don't believe in Nokian magic to be... Um, the, the angels in Nokian magic who are described as the angels of Jehovah God, they asked the creators of that system, the Enochian system, to do things that certainly are not in line with Jehovah God. Okay? Um, yeah, the, there's a great book. It's massive. Uh, by um, It's called, I believe it's called John D. and Enochian Magic. Something like that. And it's written by Jason Louvre. And, and um, Magic.me is his website, but you, you can find it there. It's a massive book. Um, but he's also done a, a lot of podcasts on that where you can hear the discussions of how that system was developed and some of the things that those quote-unquote angels asked D and Kelly, the other creator, to do. And, and they were not in harmony with the God that those angels supposedly served. So, I would create some caution there because I don't think they're the same at all, right? So for me, that's out, right? My faith is in Christ my and, and the way of the cross. My, my spirit work is with the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son. So for me, my personal definition of magic is best served by the words of Scott Cunningham. Um, many of you may not know who Scott Cunningham was. He was a great writer, passed away in 93, um, and he's one of the best-selling authors ever on the subject of witchcraft. Highly esteemed, highly regarded, and so his definition of magic is the one that not just myself, but many believe to be what magic really is. Um... Nothing supernatural. Nothing unnatural. Um, not empowered by demons. Not empowered by Satan. Um, or fallen angels. But instead it is the natural order. Of the realm that we live in. The physical realm. It's the natural order. Of that realm. And so I think that for so many of us, we live underneath the idea that 
the word witch and the word witchcraft carries with it a connection to the devil. And we'll talk um, some more about the word witch and how it appears in the Bible and why um, it appears erroneously in the places that it does appear. And also the definition behind the word witch in those specific places. Because remember, it's a huge word. Remember, it's a banner for a lot of different practices and a lot of different ideas, much the same way that the word Christian is, much the same way that the word God is, right? If you say you worship God, if you did that in in a variety of places around the world, the question would be, well, what God? Right here in the U.S., it's Jehovah God because we're a Christian-based society. We were built on those principles. The that's the foundation, like it or not, that's the foundation of this nation. But you got to understand that that that's not our God, um, who we define that to be. That's not the same definition that's carried all around the world. It's different all around the world, right? And so the same thing with the word witch. And so we'll we'll look at that scripturally and what it means in the context of each one of those each one of those um, examples, I will show you in which, in those several different areas, why that was actually a bad translation. Remember, um, King James hated witches as defined by him uh, during his life and inserted the word intentionally within his um, version, the King James version. Um, but, But I don't want to get into all that right now. It'll start to get confusing. I want to let this rest where it is. And I'm hoping that you found some value in this. I feel like I've been slightly scattered, but I've tried to lay a little bit of a foundation that could be helpful to those of you who perhaps feel you're a Christian, but you feel the tug of magic. You feel the tug of the word witch. You feel the... the um, you feel the energy around you. You relate to it. It's um, Welcome, right? Well, welcome to not suppressing the ideas, but expanding upon them, harmonizing them with the God who created them. Um... Yeah, hopefully, guys, this was helpful to you, man. I um, I hope that it's meaningful for you. I hope that it, it explains a little more for you. Again, if you want to learn more about magic as I define it, magic as I see it, um, Wicca and Witchcraft for Dummies by Diane Smith is a great book. Everything that she says about magic in that book lines up with my personal definition of it and is harmonious with the Christian faith. Dean Radden's book, um, Real Magic, also um, is magic in the way with which I define it and harmonizes beautifully with the Christian faith. Gregory Braden's book, um, uh, The Divine Matrix, is another one that, although he doesn't use the word magic, it's the same practice. It's the same principles, and it talks about um, it talks about the the peer reviewed science 
um, and um, why it's real. He doesn't use the word magic. Um, I do. And also Greg Braden's program on the Gaia channel. Thank you, Brain, for, for, uh, for bringing that to me. Um, is called Missing Links. And that entire, I don't know how many seasons, but it's all about this subject that you and I are talking about right now, but he brings it to us in a scientific format, right? He brings it to us in a, um, a, a way that is scientifically provable or scientifically proven, right? So check that out as well. I don't know if any of those, if you don't, if you don't subscribe to the Gaia channel, I recommend it. But if you don't, you may find some of those on YouTube. I don't know. I've never looked there, but it's a great program. It's one of absolutely riveting and um, it harmonizes with exactly what we're talking about. Um, and, and it communicates it in a very intelligent way. We will deal next time with some of the aesthetics of being a witch and why those are important and how those further the idea of intention, energy, and directing of energy. Um, we'll also talk about more how magic has always been a part of the Christian practice and it wasn't until really the past couple hundred years that it was um, demonized, yes, and removed, um, and mostly out of fear and out of the need to disempower for the means of greater control. I love Jesus Christ, I love the cross. I even love God's church, but through history, Christianity has sought to control the masses. And this shouldn't really be, I don't think, a surprise to anybody, right? But in its, in its um, fight to do so, it had to rid the world of the use and the empowerment of magic. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much, man, for hanging out with me. If you have questions, pop on Instagram, The Black Sheep Experience. Um, comment on uh, one of those posts, and uh, we'll, have, we'll have a conversation, right? Um, there it is. That's it. We'll do more of this. I've got some guests I'm going to have on that we're, that you know, we're going to talk about this. We're on an adventure, man. Uh, don't dismiss it. Enjoy it. Jump in it. You don't, it's just an invitation for expansion, for learning. All right, guys. God bless you, man. Talk to you next time. Done. Done.